0: Welcome to the Balanced Feminine Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and this is your host, Maddie. And we're so excited to have you guys here today. Um,
1: today, we are going to have a really amazing conversation with Natalie from Fertility Awareness Project. Um, and she has some really valuable insight into all things fertility awareness. So we will let her go ahead and introduce herself.
2: Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm Natalie.
1: <laughs> we would love for you just to just give us a little bit of a background about you um, and your business.
0: Yeah. And how you got involved in um, FAM and
2: everything. So you totally take time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the best place to start is where I found Fertility Awareness. I've been using fertility awareness as birth control for over five years, and I was looking for a non-hormonal method of birth control. So I came to cycle charting through contraception, and I still am really passionate about talking about contraception. And I was, I had all these books out from the library because I was looking for a method that would feel really good to me, that would be non-invasive and benefit me positively instead of having side effects that were negative. And I just felt like there was nothing that fit the bill. Like I was looking at all these different options and it just didn't feel like there was any option where I could feel responsible and I could also feel safe. And like the method was, yeah, didn't have any negative side effects. So I kind of landed on a diaphragm and I went to my doctor and I was like, you know, this is like my journey. I've been searching for a method. Like, what do you think about the diaphragm? And she was kind of like, well, they're really hard to find. And have you heard of natural family planning or fertility awareness? And I was kind of like, yeah, I have, but I'm not super sure what it is. Like, it sounds too good to be true. Like, what is it? And she's like, you should just go check out this class. And so I did, I went to this hour and a half class put on by a natural family planning organization, and it really blew my mind that I, that I ovulated every month and that I could track that, which is the foundation of fertility awareness. So I would kind of gone through my whole life knowing that I got a period, but not really understanding what happened every cycle between one period and the next. And this class kind of filled in the gaps for me, and it just felt really important to me to start paying attention to my cycle and it felt really right and i kind of dove into all things fertility awareness so i started following all the you know there wasn't a lot of instagram accounts back then but there were some instagram accounts there was podcasts and i was just devouring all the stuff that was online and all the books and i was charting my cycle for birth control For about two years. And then I decided to take a training to be a certified fertility awareness educator. And I've been teaching fertility awareness for almost three years. And I started fertility awareness project really when I was in my training, not really knowing what it was going to become. I wanted to teach people in person because that's how I learned. So I wanted to teach people where I live. I live in Winnipeg, Canada, and I didn't really know a lot of people who used FAM around me. So I wanted to share that with my community. But what it's evolved into is a worldwide community of talking to people about their contraceptive options and teaching them to use their menstrual cycle for birth control. So it's evolved from there. And that's what I do now and throughout that whole throughout the last five years, I've um, gone to university. I just finished my master's of social work. I've been working as a social worker. And then I quit my job and started doing this full time about two years ago, I think. Yeah, two years ago. And yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. And I'm always learning new things about fertility awareness and about contraception and about women's health all the time. So yeah. it's fun.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Good for you.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. I love that.
0: I feel like there's still so much like undiscovered and like it, things aren't really talked about as far as, far as like women's fertility. And um, so good for you. Like that's incredible. Um, Do you, can you explain what fertility awareness is means or like what it is for people that just, that don't really have any background on it.
2: Fertility awareness is the practice of charting ovulation to know when you're fertile and when you're not. And you can use this information to avoid pregnancy naturally. You can use this information to know the optimal time to conceive, and you can also use it to track your health. So it's the understanding that you ovulate every cycle and that the egg lives about 12 to 24 hours once you ovulate. And so you can only conceive a very short window of time. So there's the 12 to 24 hours that the egg lives. And then sperm can stay alive in cervical mucus for five ish days. So that gives you a window of about seven days per cycle that you can actually conceive. So that is the basis of fertility awareness. And you track different biomarkers to tell you when you're ovulating. So with the symptothermal thermal method of fertility awareness, you're tracking basal body temperature and cervical mucus. And that tells you when ovulation is approaching and when it's for sure happened, so that you can, you can tweak your, basically you can change how you have sex throughout the month, depending on if you want to get pregnant or not. And so it's really about understanding your own physiology it's nothing super (laughs) it's nothing really far-fetched it's pretty basic and and common sense when you understand how it works the thing is a lot of us are not taught about how our bodies work in sex ed often we're told how tampons work and how to use a pad and that we get periods And that's pretty much it. We're not really told how our fertility works. And I think that even if you are not trying to get pregnant, your fertility is super important. And understanding how your fertility works helps you make decisions about your contraceptive contraceptive choices, about your health when or if you have challenges with your hormonal health, it gives you so much valuable data to understand what's going on every cycle. So it started for me with an option for natural birth control. And it's become so much more than that. It's, it's um, really this understanding of my body that just anchors me all the time, knowing when I ovulate is super important to me now beyond using that for birth control. So it has many purposes.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's so cool to, to dive into that, whole fact that you know there's that seven day period where we can become pregnant but really for men they're constantly fertile so it's kind of this interesting dynamic where we're the ones that are
0: like yeah.
1: pressured to be on birth control
2: yeah yeah really men are fertile all day every day for them like for a lot of their lives for their whole reproductive lives which is quite long whereas women are only fertile for about seven days per cycle in their reproductive years. So there is an imbalance there for sure. Yeah. Do you think that
0: more people are going to start teaching this sort of fertility awareness to younger kids as it becomes more like of a known thing?
2: Yeah, I I would love for younger kids to understand their bodies in this way. I feel like it's super foundational knowledge in a lot of ways. So in the ways that we can understand um, that our body's giving us signals each cycle that for example, cervical mucus isn't random or gross. Like if I had known that when I was a teenager, I feel like that would be incredible um, and save me just like a lot of shame or um, just like not knowing like confusion And then also understanding, I feel like when you're a teenager, life has so many intense emotional ups and downs (laughs) that I feel like understanding your cycle in the sense of you don't feel the same every day and that you can, how you feel changes and that's okay and normal would be so helpful for if I'm thinking of myself as a teenager, if I had known that. So yeah, I think that a lot of people feel really passionately about sharing this with younger people. And I think that's incredible. I think that there's a huge need for that.
0: Yeah. And what, like what you were saying, I mean, I remember being in high school and college and dreading getting my period. Like I just dreaded it. And now that I've spent so much time not on birth control and tracking my period and learning more about, you know, holistic fertility awareness I've, I love getting my period because it's kind of, it's like this time for myself to check back in with my feminine and I just like lay in bed and drink tea. And like, I honor these parts of my cycle that I never had in the past. And I wish I had known about it sooner because I think it's so empowering to be able to understand, you know, your femininity and, what's going on. And I also really value now knowing, okay, I should be eating this way when I'm in this part of my cycle. And there's so much, there's so much to know. And I feel like for so long, women have just been like, oh, I'm getting my period. I'm PMSing, but really it's such a beautiful thing. So I think, I feel like the fertility awareness piece is really helping women understand that, that it's not something to be ashamed of or dread. So
1: Yeah, and also just um, through people like you who um, are educating people on this to become more aligned, it also really helps to reduce stuff like the PMS. And like when Mm -hmm. I work with clients and like modifying their diet as well as their lifestyle, that makes such a big difference. Like people, it's the same thing as blow and food sensitivities. Like these things aren't normal. PMS isn't normal. Um, It's just something that has occurred because we haven't learned how to live in alignment with that so
2: yeah yeah definitely yeah
1: yeah um so I would love for if you would want to run through like the female menstrual cycle for someone who isn't really aware of what's happening to their body throughout the month um just kind of like a breakdown of how you would explain that to someone
2: Definitely. So the start of your cycle, day one of your cycle is the first day of full bleeding. So the first day that you need a tampon or pad or menstrual cup, that is day one of your cycle. So if you're listening, you can think back to when your most recent period was. And the first day of your period is day one of your cycle. And then you can count forward from there and find what day of your cycle you're on today. So starting with menstruation. Hormone levels are really low. So, we have four main reproductive hormones, and there's so many more hormones, but we focus on four when I'm teaching fertility awareness. And follicle stimulating hormone, or FSH, is the hormone that recruits uh, potential eggs to start developing. So, that happens at the beginning of the cycle. Um, Some eggs are, some future eggs are recruited, and they're told to start developing. So, as they start developing, the hormone estrogen begins to rise. So estrogen rises. And as you approach ovulation, estrogen will reach its peak levels and that will trigger the release of an egg. So at ovulation, it's this time of hormonal activity, like intense hormonal activity, lots is happening. And to trigger the release of the egg, the hormone LH or luteinizing hormone triggers the release of that egg at ovulation. And once the egg is released, it lives for 12 to 24 hours. And after the egg is released and it it's dead and gone, what's left over is called this corpus luteum. And so that starts producing progesterone. So that's the fourth main hormone. So progesterone is released and that remains the dominant hormone until menstruation. So right before you get your nice bleed, progesterone and estrogen will both drop off triggering the release of your uterine lining. So really in the menstrual cycle, the most important event, all of your hormones are all of your hormones. These four hormones are centered around ovulation. It's really the main event of your cycle. The time from menstruation to ovulation is quite flexible. So if you're somebody with a short cycle You actually don't have a short cycle. You have a short follicular phase. So that's the first half of your cycle. So anything that's happening in your life will influence the length of your follicular phase. And if the follicular phase is very short, your cycle is going to be short. If the follicular phase is very long, your cycle is going to be long. Once you ovulate, you're either going to conceive or you're going to menstruate. And it's about 11 to 18 days from ovulation till your next bleed. And it will stay about the same each cycle for you, not for everybody, but for you, it will stay pretty stable. And so once you ovulate, it's triggering this effect that will basically cause menstruation in 11 to 18 days. So ovulation is the anchor point of the cycle, it's the main event of the cycle. And with fertility awareness, we're tracking biomarkers that are telling us about these hormones. So we can actually track when estrogen is beginning to rise based on our cervical mucus because our cervix responds to estrogen. So as estrogen is rising, we can start seeing a change in our cervical mucus. And then after ovulation, once that egg has been released, we actually have a rise in basal body temperature due to progesterone. So really understanding our hormones and how they reflect in the cycle is the foundation of any fertility awareness class that you're going to take or any educator that you work with. And it's super valuable information. Like if this information alone was taught to girls in middle school or high school, or whenever they're taking sex ed, I feel like there'd be so much more empowerment and so much more understanding that this is a normal process. And that when things are not normal, like you mentioned, like when you're experiencing PMS, it's a sign of hormonal imbalance. And there are things that we can do to start balancing it, like, like you mentioned. So it's really foundational to understanding Sam. And once you understand how the hormones work and that we're not fertile all the time and that the egg has a lifespan of, or the fertile window is about seven days, it can be longer for some people, depending on how long they have cervical mucus. But when you understand what the fertile window is, that is really what's applied in fertility awareness. when we start observing how that shows up in our cycle.
0: Wow. Yeah, that, amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so, say you have someone that comes to you and she's been on birth control for years and she wants to like move in a more holistic direction, how do you work with someone like that or with a woman like that?
2: Yeah. There's a lot of people who are coming to fertility awareness who have been on birth control, right? Because they're looking for an alternative. They want to avoid pregnancy without the use of synthetic hormones. So I work with a lot of people who are coming off birth control. And a really common experience that people have when they learn about fertility awareness is they're like, why didn't I learn this sooner? There's this range of emotions that you'll experience from awe and excitement to frustration and anger, because you are not told when you're taking hormonal contraception, what it does to your fertility and what it's doing to prevent pregnancy. And so really beginning with understanding your fertility cycle and when you're on hormonal birth control, this connection between your brain and ovaries has been put on pause. So oftentimes when people come off hormonal birth control, it's almost like a second puberty. And I know so many people who've been on for 15 years who were put on it when they were 15 years old for painful periods or acne. And now they're 30 and they're wanting to come off to eventually have kids, or they just want to feel their natural rhythm again, whatever reason. And so for 15 years, their brain and ovaries have not been communicating. And so it it is like this second puberty. And for a lot of people, it can take some time for things to regulate again. And it depends on so many factors as to how long that will take for some people they have no problems. Their cycle returns right away as soon as they come off. And for other people, it put, it puts them on this path of healing their hormones and reconnecting to their cycle because it takes a little bit longer for things to come back. Um, but the the body is so resilient. And And for if you're listening and you've been on hormonal birth control, you haven't done anything wrong. You haven't done anything irreversible and your body is resilient. So really it's super helpful if people are coming off birth control and can work with folks like you too, who can help support their hormones, but it really is sometimes just a waiting game. And just, um, the longer that you're off, the easier it becomes for your body to remember how to ovulate, to remember how to produce cervical mucus for all of those things to return um so I can't remember what your question
0: was (laughs) I mean you answered it totally um as far as someone that's been on birth control for so long I mean because that's the reality most women are on birth control and this is a very I mean I don't know if I would say is it a new thing like it's becoming a lot more well known but it's taking people I think a little bit of time to really understand it and catch on so it's and I've you know I was someone that was on birth control for a really long time and I did not do well with synthetic hormones. I was a, I mean, to say it lightly, like a nutcase. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I had had an IUD and I had a miserable experience with it. They actually put it in wrong. And so then I when I went to go get it taken out, I like passed out in the room and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore to my body. Like I am not like, also something shouldn't be up there, like shoved up there for years. And that's when I really started to get more interested in like, okay, well, how can I do this in a way that's going to be healthy for my body, um, and be more aligned. And i read the book, um, woman code and that just like totally changed my perspective. And I mean, I've never, gone back so I mean it's also like there's risks like it's a little bit more like would you say it's a little bit more risky like the percentage of getting pregnant but I feel like the for me it's more worth it to be aligned in my with my body and know what's going into it I don't know what your perspective is on that
2: no, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a fantastic example of a fertility awareness myth that fertility awareness is not as effective. But I just wanted to say thanks for sharing your experience um, with the IUD. I think that, um, yeah, I got goosebumps as you were sharing because it's such a common experience and it's really like this misinformation about hormonal birth control and the effects of birth control and the fact that women feel like they don't have any other option really does a disservice to women and menstruators. And I think that this is why it's so important to talk about. I, I have nothing against people who choose to be on hormonal birth control. It's really just about informed consent. Like, do you, do you have all the options? Do you know what's involved with the method of birth control that you're choosing. And do you feel like you have options? Cause I remember I didn't really feel like, I mean, I did have options, but I felt like this culture or this narrative made me and put me in a place where I didn't have, have any options until I found out about fam. So I just wanted to say thank you for, for sharing that. And in terms of the effectiveness, when we're talking about fertility awareness, effectiveness, Fertility awareness has shown to be as effective as uh, methods like the pill. And with effectiveness, it's really about when in the cycle can you conceive? And what are what method are you using during that time? So you can't conceive at all points in the cycle. After ovulation, once you confirm ovulation until your next bleed pregnancy is impossible. There is no egg to fertilize. And so at that point in the cycle, you can have unprotected sex and you won't get pregnant if you're in your fertile window. So cervical mucus is present and it can keep sperm alive or ovulation is very close or ovulations just happen. And the egg's still hanging around. If you have unprotected sex, or if you have sex with a condom and the condom breaks, or if you use withdrawal and withdrawal fails, then the chance of pregnancy is very high. So knowing where you are in your cycle and what methods you're going to use, it's actually can be really effective because if you're someone who does not want to get pregnant and you know that today your risk of pregnancy is very high, you're going to be extra careful about the method that you use. So um, it is really effective. And when fertility awareness or when people get pregnant using fertility awareness in the cases that I've seen, it's their method that they're using in the fertile window that fails. It's not fertility awareness that fails. So that's a really perfect example of, um, misunderstanding about fertility awareness and what it is. And I remember thinking that as well, when I first heard about it, it was like, how can this be effective? Uh, but really you have this in-depth understanding of, of your fertility level each and every day. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um, I was just gonna ask you maybe if you wanted to share a little bit, but um, I know that it's beyond any of our scope of practice to tell someone to come off birth control. But of course, we can always educate and strongly recommend. And for me, um, focusing mainly on nutrition, the key points that I always really try and educate on are just that the real destruction that the pill and the hormonal birth control cause on the gut microbiome as well as all the nutrient deficiencies that they're really contributing to um but i was just wondering if you had any other points that you like to share with people about just the harmfulness that the pill is causing to the body or any form of hormonal birth control is causing
2: that's a really great question i really struggle like to be fully honest, I really don't like, if you go on my Instagram, I really don't talk about hormonal contraception. Like I really don't see myself as a person who, and maybe other people see me as this, I don't know, but I don't see myself as a person who is trying to make the pill look bad. I'm really focused on teaching people fertility awareness. If that's what they choose, my audience isn't people who like I'm not trying to get to people or talk to people and convince them to come off if that makes sense like people who come to find me have already chosen to come off so I feel like that saves me a lot of energy because if I were to start thinking about all the people um, who may benefit from fertility awareness who just don't know about it I think that would be maybe really exhausting. I don't know. Maybe it's my way of just like saving my energy, (laughs) but the folks that I work with, and I've also never been on birth control. Like I've never been on the pill. I don't have a personal experience on it. And I think that's why it's not something I share about a lot. Um, but from what I've heard from the people that I work with and that range of emotions that they experience, and, real frustration that they were not told about the things that you just mentioned, that, that it does have an impact on their bodies that they may come off and their fertility may not return right away. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And I think that it causes a lot of grief, especially for people who come off and, and struggle to conceive because they are not giving their bodies enough time to start ovulating again or to start seeing good quality cervical mucus. The things that I see, what I can speak to are the things that I see in someone's chart when they're coming off and they're due to all of those, like the gut, um, microbiome and the nutrient deficiencies and all of those side effects. And then also just that disconnection between the brain and the ovaries, like what's happening, um, physiologically and hormonally to prevent ovulation or to prevent cervical mucus or to prevent the rise and fall of your natural hormones to prevent pregnancy. So what I see is oftentimes cervical mucus takes a long time to come back. People will come off the pill and they won't see fertile, um, Fertile mucus, which is something that's slippery, clear, abundant, lubricative. Sometimes it looks like raw egg whites, or sometimes it's just that sensation. Sometimes people will come off and they won't see that for 12 months um, after they come off. Some people will experience really diminished menstruation. So menstruation that lasts only two to three days. They'll see that because the uterine lining hasn't been building developing and being shed every, every month. Like it's, it's being diminished on the pill. So when they come off their uterine lining is a little bit diminished as well. And it takes time for that to come on, come back. Uh, for some people, they really struggle to ovulate after coming off. Like it takes some time for ovulation to become regular again. um, There's also a lot of people who see a shortened luteal phase. So that's the time from ovulation to menstruation. Or what I've been seeing is like a luteal phase that's kind of all over the place. Like sometimes it's really short, sometimes it's longer and it's just kind of finding its way back. But again, I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm saying this to people so that they can expect that things take time to return and that you can start paying attention to these markers in your cycle that are telling you that things are beginning to regulate again. And that's why cycle charting can be really informative. And if you, if you say, do want to conceive and you're struggling to conceive, you have all this amazing data that you can take to your practitioner that tells them what the root cause of what's going on is, because you can see all of those things in the chart. So I hope that's helpful.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was beautiful. So you mentioned cycle charting and I'm curious, do you have any other, like, and then earlier you had said about basal taking your basal temperature. Do you have any, like I use the Daisy, um, any sort of like apps or temperature thermometers that you love that you would recommend to people that are, that are wanting to start doing the fertility awareness
2: Yeah. So if you're wanting to start fertility awareness, what you really need is, is if you're going to use the symptom thermal method of fertility awareness, that's using temperature and cervical mucus, you need a basal body thermometer. So it's a thermometer that goes to two decimal places. You can find one usually at your local drugstore, or you can order one online. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can get one that just is super basic. You can get one that saves temperatures for you. So if you wake up, take it and go back to sleep it will save some like 60 days of temperatures so that can be really nice if you can set your thermometer to its longest setting so it's annoying because you may fall asleep uh, by the time it takes your temp but the longer it is, the more accurate it's going to be generally. Um, and then you're going to want to take it before you get out of bed and do, before you get up and go pee or whatever, at the same time every morning. So if you're taking it at wildly different times, you're going to see a chart that's jumping up and down all over the place. You want to try to take it at the same time every day. Um, and I, so my clients use an app called Read Your Body, which is an amazing app created by and for the Fertility Awareness community. It's it's all around just an awesome app because they're really responding to the feedback from Fertility Awareness educators and users. And you can use an app like Kindara. All you need in your app is the ability to manually mark things like cover line, peak day and temperature shift, which are things that you'll learn about when you learn a method of fertility awareness. But it's important to be able to manually mark those because a lot of apps will put them in for you and they're often inaccurate. Um, and there's also like, there's also a device. So you may have heard of TempDrop. Yeah. drop is a wearable thermometer that um, you wear all night long so a lot of people like temp drop because you don't have to get up at the same time to take your temperature. I have used a temp drop for a long time and it's, it's really nice. It's not necessary. Uh, the only times that it's necessary is if you're someone who works night shifts, uh, often you, you can't really get accurate temps from an oral thermometer, or if you have uh, little ones, you're getting up a lot at night to breastfeed. Um, but it's not, it's not necessary, but it's, it's really handy it's the only wearable so a question i get a lot is like about other wearables the only wearable that i recommend if you're trying to avoid pregnancy is temp drop because it's the only one that's sensitive enough um and that's been shown to to read temps as accurately as an oral thermometer um so, so yeah, Kindara and Read Your Body are two good apps to start with. And then it's, if you're wanting to use FAM to avoid pregnancy, you need to pick a method. So there's two ways to go about this. A lot of people will start by self-teaching. So they'll read a book like Taking Charge of Your Fertility. There's also a book called The Plan Manual by Reply OBGYN. That's a good self-teaching book. And they'll start out self-teaching. They may be successful to like understand their charts by self-teaching, reading one of those books, Um, teaching yourself a method involves understanding how to track those markers. And it also is the rules for avoiding pregnancy. So all of the, how to know that ovulation is confirmed that that will be in the method how to know when you're safe for unprotected sex at the beginning of your cycle and all of that stuff. And then other people will work with an instructor like myself. So there's a lot of fertility awareness educators teaching different methods. It's amazing. Like there are so there's such a diverse array and uh, so many choices and options. If you're wanting to work with an educator, people will often teach online. Uh, Some classes are very concise and short and some are, programs that you can take online courses some are one-on-one some are group um, different languages different price points different beliefs Um, you get it all with with fertility awareness educators and so yeah you can choose to work with an educator a lot of people who work with me have read a book like taking charge of Your fertility they've tried to um, interpret their charts and they really would like someone else to look at their charts and just help confirm that they're doing everything right. So often I'll work with folks like that who just want that like extra confidence in charting. Uh, But that's kind of how you can get started with fertility awareness. And then it's just a matter of getting gaining confidence in the method. Usually if you're self-teaching, you'll want to chart three full cycles before you start having unprotected sex relying on the method for birth control. So you want to use a, like a barrier method, like condoms, um, or whatever you choose to use during the fertile window, uh, until you kind of get your feet, like get your footing, get your footing with fertility awareness.
0: (laughs) Wow. So that's awesome. How can people find you? You, what is your website and like your Instagram handle just so that like our listeners know exactly where to go?
2: Yeah. My website is fertilityawarenessproject.ca and you can find me on Instagram at fertility awareness project.
0: Cool. And for people that say want to become an educator, do you, how did you find, um, your certification? Is it offered? Like, how do you go about that?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole podcast episode on its own. Okay. So I, um, There's a lot of options. I'm just trying to think of the best way to put this. (laughs) If somebody is thinking of becoming an educator, the first thing that I would recommend is to work with an educator yourself. To have personal experience charting and to work with somebody to go through the process of working with a fertility awareness educator. I think that's really, really important. Um, And then there are a lot of different options for certifying and certifying in a method, I think is really important. And I'll just say too, if you're looking to work with an educator, please, please check that they are certified in a method. Um, Especially if you're wanting to avoid pregnancy, it's, yeah, it's, it's super important to find someone who's certified as opposed to someone who's read taking charge of your fertility, for example, and is now teaching that to other people. Um, A fertility awareness certification is really in-depth, requires supervision, requires personal experience with the method, requires theory, and you're also liable as an educator to teach your client responsibly. Um, So getting a certification, I think, is important Um, and you can Take there are programs that are like two years long that are almost equivalent to a master's degree. Um, and then there are programs that are shorter. Um, there are natural family planning programs. So natural family planning is um a, a branch of fertility awareness that's based out of the Catholic Church. So then there are also secular options as well. So I trained in FEM. FEMM which is a secular method of fertility awareness and it really focuses on uh, hormonal health understanding your hormones through your cycle and now I'm training getting my second certification as an educator with Billings so Billings is a cervical mucus only method so really there's a lot of options if you're curious about a program I would suggest taking a course from an educator who's completed that program that will give you a really good sense of what it's about. And most of them are online. Um, so you can take, yeah, you can take a class from, from anywhere.
0: Well, cool. thank you so much for that information. Yeah. You know, our listeners will love that. If so, as we're wrapping up here, I just Maddie and I love to ask the question, like if there's any piece of advice that you could offer to our listeners that you know, is maybe an inexpensive, health tip, um, as far as fertility awareness and kind of, um, learning more about it. What, what would that be? I don't know if that really makes sense the way I phrased it, but (laughs)
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the hardest slash most empowering things about fertility awareness, and we didn't get to talk about this, but, um, is cervical mucus, cervical mucus. If you are trying to avoid pregnancy or if you're trying to conceive is essential. And the best way or the most helpful way for a lot of people to learn about cervical mucus is to look at pictures. So I have a blog post uh, called, if you could just Google ultimate guide to cervical mucus with photos, you'll find my blog post. And there are photos there of different types of mucus. Um, it doesn't need to be complicated. I teach mucus in three categories, peak, non-peak and dry. And it's less about this is my tip. It's less about fitting into the specific categories and reflecting exactly what the photos say. And it's more about your pattern across the cycle, how things are the same or different from yesterday and whether things have changed and finding what's most fertile for you, as opposed to feeling like you need to have this stretchy egg white mucus for five days of the cycle. Um, So finding your own pattern and not worrying that there's anything wrong with you. Um, Everything is probably just fine. It's more about finding the pattern for you throughout the cycle. Wow,
0: great, thank you so much. Yeah, I used to be mm-hmm. like super grossed out by my cervical mucus. And then actually Maddie was like, No, 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 it's like amazing. Like you need to know. And I was like, What do you mean? And then she started talking to me about it. And I was like, I'm like, I gotta go check this out in the bathroom. So now I'm yeah. like
1: all about it. <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah. I don't know if I was wearing
0: it. underwear that day. Heads up for listeners. I don't really love it. But anyway. <laughs>
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was like incredibly like I feel like my mind is blown. Now I want to go research a ton of fertility awareness stuff. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been such a treat to chat with you both. Yeah. yeah. We
0: really appreciate it. And um again, so if anyone wants to know what is your URL, your webpage and your handle, just to reiterate that.
2: Yeah. It's fertility awareness and Instagram is at fertility awareness project.
0: Perfect. Okay. That's where you guys can find Natalie. (laughs) Thank you so much. Take care.